What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Tarzan's Treehouse. My name is Joey, and today I'm joined by a new member. So say what's up. Hey, what's up? I'm Ethan Fowler, and I'm just excited to be on here today. All right, and with that, let's just jump into it. Before we started recording, we were talking about the new trailer for the new Spider-Man movie coming out, No Way Home. And I know you've seen it, so what were your first thoughts after you first saw it? Okay, so uh, actually a little background before I saw it. I have a really good friend and we were lifeguarding together and she brought it up. She was like, yo, have you ever seen the new trailer for uh, Spider-Man? And I was like, nah. And then she showed it to me and I was out here like and taking my break from lifeguarding. I was just like jaw drop moment, like seeing all of it together. And like before you can even start talking about the trailer, you need to, if you haven't already watched WandaVision, and Loki, because that's going to tie so much and Doctor Strange into this yeah. like universe that they're creating. So, yeah, you want to start out with uh, your impressions of like the beginning and how like it changed and went throughout. Of the trailer or of the show? Yeah. Of, uh, well, both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the beginning of the trailer was cool. It kind of showed him like because the first scene is him and MJ on the roof, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool given the whole like like the mini backlash of it. And then it slowly builds up to where there's like riots whenever, wherever he goes. And yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. And like how I, uh, he's like, not even able to like, like all these people have so much like faith into Mysterio and yeah. what he did, even though we all know from the audience outside of perspective that he's a total fraud and <laughs> uh, like one video can change like a whole person's life. And that's what exactly. it was shown at the beginning of the trailer. Yeah. I honestly completely forgot that Mysterio was the good guy after that movie ended until I saw this trailer again, because it's been like what, two years since that movie came out or something yeah it's been yeah. a while yeah and then they, they replayed that whole part and it, it's cool to see that kind of realistic backlash or something like that and then i knew that the the whole like multiverse thing they've been setting up was going to be in this movie obviously with all the rumors but yeah. i did not know it was going to start with peter going to strange and just saying rewind everyone's memory please I know that was crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. when it tied to that and i saw dr strange i was like Holy cow, like that just switched my whole entire perspective of how Spider-Man was going to go. Mm -hmm. And with like all the end of the last movie, when you saw uh, that almost all the Avengers were off of Earth or not there. So Doctor Strange still being there and like helping him out or at least trying to. And then what happens after that? Right. Uh, but yeah, the, the fight scenes look pretty crazy in the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. Like the one on and, the it, okay, we got to talk about, though, the recasting and all the people that showed up at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Okay, so yeah. that's, like, the most mind-blowing part. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, pause this and, like, watch it right now. <laughs> and yeah. Because yeah. it's major spoilers. That's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them a second, but then, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can go ahead with it. I mean, uh, okay. So, uh, for me personally, I don't memorize a lot of actors and actresses' names, but mm -hmm. like the original Doc Ock, uh, I forget which one is either. Was it from the Tobey Maguire? 
Yeah, it was from Spider-Man 2, the one in the yeah. early 2000s, yeah. Exactly. So he's, like, recasted, and um, oh, I just had a mind blank. Who were the other ones? The Green Goblin bomb showed up on the, the highway scene. Oh, yeah, the Green yeah. Goblin bomb. And I'm, okay, I'm pretty sure that Miles Morales is going to be in the movie, too, from... Really? Uh, yeah, it's just a theory I have because mm-hmm. if they're tying all this together and you saw with the Miles Morales uh, movie how it's all about the different Marvel or at least Spider-Man universes colliding mm-hmm. and then with like Spider-Verse. So I'm 90% sure he's going to be in there at some point. That would be pretty sick, especially because Prowler is technically in the MCU. Yeah, he had that one scene in the first Spider. He he wasn't like in the suit or anything. He was just a guy in the parking lot. But he said, like, "Oh, really? Well, yeah." He just said the, the whole name and everything. He said, "I have a nephew in this neighborhood." So, oh yeah, that's gonna be yeah. super dope. Yeah, that'd be really cool if he shows up, even if it, like right at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and at least we have like some of uh, more of the Spider Verse mixing, mm-hmm. and yeah, we'll see how it does with uh, Disney though. Disney yeah. and. Uh, sunny right now with spider-man it's like yeah but it seems like it's mixing well so far with uh them having doctor strange on it because it seems like with the last two movies they've been not trying to keep it exactly separate from the other marvel movies but like this if it meshes with a lot more then it's gonna be really cool and like having wanda yeah as they're like in there and I'm like helping Dr. Stranger going against it and yeah, yeah all this stuff. Yeah, I think because this movie, the ending is obviously going to be crazy with the different multiverses and stuff. But and then the Dr. Strange sequel, the mo- it's straight up called the Multiverse of Madness. So that's oh, yeah. even more. And Wanda might be the main villain in that. Yeah. Which <laughs> that that's <laughs> like another level. Exactly. That'd be crazy. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, 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 you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Villains, like the the almost consensus right now is this new Spider-Man movie is going to have some form of the Sinister Six. So we know Doc Ock, obviously. We're like 99% sure that was the Green Goblin pumpkin bomb. Who else would you want to be in that six? There's been rumors of Sandman, Electro, the Lizard, Vulture, Scorpion, a bunch of people. Um. Well, for me personally, definitely Sandman because uh, it's Sandman and Ven- Venom. Like, I know that, like, with uh, Venom and how that series has gone, it's, like, the anti-hero and how he's became, yeah. like, this, like, like crazy, uh, yeah, like, powerful force. But he still does good, but just in a bad way, you know? Right. So that's strong and, like, anti-hero. But I would totally love to see venom back in and sandman because those two for me were always classics because i watched the movies before i read the comics so like i just have that connection you know what i'm saying yeah i get that for sure like i know spider-man 3 that they were both in right the yeah yeah i know i think that was the first one i watched also when i was younger or at least the one i remember the most yeah same here yeah so it's just like a huge connection with that mm-hmm I think I think the lizard could be really cool, especially because if they're doing like the whole all three Spider-Mans are coming, the first amazing Spider-Man movie, the lizard was the villain there. And oh yeah. He looked really weird, but he was cool. So exactly. <laughs> you know, with improved CGI and stuff, I'm sure he could look really cool too. Yeah, and I think it yeah, I, with CGI, like you did with uh 
Uh, what was that movie that just came out recently? Is Godzilla and uh, oh, Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, and yeah. like you just that is like a powerhouse CGI film and showing <laughs> yeah. like what CGI could do, and it looked amazing the whole entire time. And oh it's yeah, it's just like wow, like yeah. So being able to capture all this, uh, they have so much uh, elbow room in creating this like uh huge story with all these different lines like yeah people coming in and, and like and the question for me is are, are these villains gonna work together are they all gonna be fighting each other are they going to team up on spider-man or are they gonna try to help spider-man like so there's so much open like un like answered space here right now that we can only speculate what's gonna happen yeah, exactly. Because there even there's one shot in the trailer where it looks like yellow lightning is striking like a big dune of sand, and people are theorizing that Sandman is protecting Spider-Man from Electro in that scene. So yeah, that goes exactly what with you're saying. Like, no, especially if they're all from different universes, like they're not gonna immediately team up and just attack Spider-Man. Like there's exactly in between stuff, yeah. And like what point did they come in from their universe? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like right before when Sandman is still like when he turned over and helped against Venom and mm -hmm. yeah. So all this stuff just coming together and, and seeing how it's going to like how Marvel is going to control that mesh is going to be <laughs> yeah. really interesting. Yeah. It's, I, I keep seeing this stuff online about how are they going to explain how Doc Ock didn't die? Well, they, they don't really have to, mm -hmm. I mean, they could just say like, Oh, it broke from a universe where he didn't actually die. Like it's yeah. in that universe, but it's a separate timeline where he won or didn't lose at least. Exactly. And that yeah. kind of ties right back into Loki and the uh, multiverse exactly. yeah. and how legit there's all these different variations of people mm -hmm. who like, oh, Loki actually killed Thanos and he became and killed yeah. Thor and that kid and how they're <laughs> all like crazy yeah. powerful. And yeah, they are just all these variations. So they could do whatever they want at this point. Yeah, because I think it was Doc Ock. It might have been Green Goblin. My memory with these movies are kind of mixed up, but one of them straight up like fell off of a building into an explosion. So it's kind of hard to explain that away, but you don't really have to with the way Loki set stuff up. Yeah, I mean, even with uh, Disney and uh, people falling down stuff, you have <laughs> Palpatine who came back out of nowhere. So that's true. <laughs> you can't count them out when they uh, fall down and uh, go into explosion because <laughs> they might you never know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't realize that was really good, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of Loki, uh, again, if you haven't seen Loki, pause right now or. But yeah, so the ending of Loki, it was all but revealed that Kang the Conqueror is seemingly like the next big bad guy in the MCU. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't know, to be honest, because right now it seems like the focus of Marvel movies has become so outspread that I'm waiting for the tie back together. So if he becomes like that driving force for everyone to come back together and work against him, then I would definitely be like, that's, that's where I'm going to get my opinion from. It's mm -hmm. just right now it's too open-ended for me to go to jump to any conclusions, especially with the multiverse running wild. Yeah, that's definitely fair. It's even... I, I think there's a really good argument to be made that this is the most like widespread the MCU has ever been with 
like most of the Avengers team itself is being turnover. Like Tony's gone, Cap is gone, Thor's in space, Hulk is forever Hulk now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I I saw an interesting theory that Kang won't be the next big villain. He'll be like the next Loki kind of because in the very beginning of the MCU, it was being teased that Loki was going to be the first big villain. Like he was in Thor. He survived. Mm-hmm. He was at the end or in the end credit scene of Iron Man and Captain America. But then they beat him in the first Avengers movie. But that brought out the actual big bad guy with Thanos. So I saw an interesting theory that like the first next, the next Avengers movie is going to be them controlling the multiverse and fighting Kang to get that taken care of. But in doing that, that's going to release someone like Dr. Doom or Galactus. And they're going to be the next like main guy. I, yeah, that'd be amazing if Dr. Doom came out of that. I, yeah, I, that for me, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it in words right now if that (laughs) was how it turned out. And hopefully it does. And the other thing is now that the multiverse is open, I want it to stay open. Does that make sense? Like, I want it to keep having these ties and twists. So I'm wondering how Marvel is going to keep that without having, all these different timelines like screw over the main events of what they want to happen in future mm-hmm. movies and with like the Avengers reassembled if that and while well, that eventually needs to happen and how they're gonna have that new group I mean with uh going off on a little like side tangent with uh the winter or not the winter soldier and it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Oh, that yeah. series. Mm-hmm. I felt like that series didn't like hit off as well as the other mm-hmm. ones. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I did enjoy all three shows, but I definitely think in terms of like setting stuff up or tying in, that was the one that had the least stakes. Mm-hmm. I, I think I might have enjoyed watching that show more than I enjoyed watching Loki. Just yeah. Kind of more like the down to earth okay this is just a superhero classic just beat up some steroid bad guys you know exactly and i think the messaging was really good in that show too it wasn't like too on the nose but it was still there mm-hmm. yeah yeah but in terms and, of like yeah oh i was just gonna say is like in in terms of the multiverse it had really oh, nothing right. to do with that but in terms of building up because i feel like they want to make the winter soldier and falcon like the new captain america and iron man Mm -hmm. that's their goal and i felt that but at the same time it's sort of hard because you can never replace them but yeah so it's gonna be interesting how they're gonna wrap around this new avengers team and like who's gonna be the head of that Mm -hmm. i'd say either dr strange or fury would be even though like fury's not technically avenger He's right. like still one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be cool to see Sam Wilson take it now that he's like got the shield and his Captain America. And the new, I think the new suit looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be cool to see him. But right, it's kind of the same thing of like, okay, Cap was technically the leader, but he's on the team with a god and Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> he's not going to be like the main fighter of them, you know? Exactly. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with like it, it had ultimately nothing to do with the multiverse where Wanda maybe found it or she somehow 
creased it. I don't know exactly what she did, but she mm-hmm. was definitely involved in it somehow because right at the end, she like hurt her kids after her kids disappeared because she made them. That show was really weird. <laughs> but yeah. She like maybe found the crease into it. And then obviously Loki just cracked the whole thing open. Exactly. Yeah. It's been crazy mm-hmm. with uh, how they've been able to do that and tie it in. Mm-hmm. So the one thing is when you're watching, so I started watching actually the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the timeline that they have in Disney Plus, like the actual oh, timeline, yeah. you know, like, so I've, I'm on the Iron Man 2 right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, should I watch parts of Loki in between it? Like, and because uh, Loki, you know how they time travel. Yeah. Like, if you're getting really specific into that, like, if, <laughs> yeah. would you want to watch it in that order? Or you just all leave it for when they, like, recommend it? Like, what would you say for someone new watching if they wanted to watch it on the original timeline? Um, I would probably say maybe right after infinity war and endgame because like you still have to know who loki is and obviously because there's a scene where it shows loki's death again in the show so probably right after that but you're right you still definitely like would like to have that foundation going forward of what loki does but yeah i don't think there's like a wrong place to put it as long as it's after endgame i would say or at least infinity war yeah 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 um with the uh, riots that were going on in the uh spider-man uh trailer it really had me thinking like this is completely random i don't know why but far cry 6 have you seen that trailer <laughs> yeah. and how it has uh what's his face from star wars Oh yeah, the main villain, and yeah, Yeah. and I thought it's just like the tie-in was like for me, like that's how I made the connection. I was like, Mm. man, this actor from Disney, Star Wars, and then how the rise looked exactly like the one from uh, the Spider-Man trailer. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's like I've never really played any of the Far Cry games, but Mm. like, yeah, I just thought it's a really interesting connection that I just had a thought of yeah that is pretty cool um but oh we should probably get into obviously after wandavision ended wanda is like way more powerful now Mm -hmm. do you think she's like solidified herself in that tier of dr strange and thor and like the strongest strongest of them i would say most probably and we'll get to see that when she goes head to head with one of them right and I think she might be at the point where she could surpass them mm-hmm. because her power seemed to be continue growing. And like, we've never seen that type of power of WandaVision with any other right. character before so far in the MCU. So being able to like, like have a whole entire town under like mind control and being able to create this universe and like legit uh, create like uh vision from the dead was yeah. like like out of nowhere yeah so mm-hmm. that power is like she could start reviving people and that'd be interesting to see too is, that'd be kind of crazy yeah if yeah. she brings anyone back yeah especially like 
Because she she brought Vision back so much to the point where he questioned all of her own reality. Like mm-hmm. they even said in it was Infinity War when Shuri was working on Vision to get the stone out of his head. She said it was like one of the most complex or at least unnecessarily complex things that ever existed. And she just brought it back completely to the point where it started questioning stuff around it. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so the amount of power can't like can't even be like measured at this point of what she can do. But like how she can be able to use it, that's where it Mm -hmm. gets into question and uh at the end of when she's also doing what uh dr strange does i just forgot the name of it yeah yeah so that's gonna be interesting and in seeing and like what she does with that mm-hmm. yeah i mean like you said we've never except for the classic loki in loki which is that's kind of a weird thing like he was sitting in between time but we've never seen anyone just create anything let alone mm-hmm. that much on that scale and then she just in that one episode, she got mad and expanded it like double or triple the size. Yeah. And yeah. like she didn't even realize to the exactly, full extent yeah. of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm wondering if the grief, if it was a like powerful benefactor or if it's actually holding her back. Mm-hmm. And but because she wasn't able to even feel how, like, how much she was changing around her. Right. I think that if she does end up being the villain in the second Doctor Strange movie, I think that's going to be the main thing is she doesn't know exactly what she can do and neither does anyone else. Mm-hmm. But she just knows that if she tries, she will probably be stronger than Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that gets diffused or not. Mm-hmm. There's also been another report coming out that in that movie, she's going to have a big fight with someone from the Fox Marvel movies. So that would be like the X-Men or I think oh really yeah so there's a rumor that in the multiverse of madness one of them gets through and for whatever reason challenges Wanda and she fights them oh wow yeah which yeah I've never heard of that yet yeah that came out like a day or two ago I think oh wow yeah but like if you're thinking about that like Wolverine would be cool but there's no way he can stand up to Wanda because like yeah he's really hard to kill but what are you going to do she's flying around and building a town around you <laughs> exactly yeah it'd have to be someone like like phoenix or maybe even dr doom or someone like that and that's yeah. kind of crazy you think about and then wondering how like because at this point they can tie so many different characters from universes that they actually haven't used in in the mcu yet but have been official comics for years yeah so they have a lot that they can pull from if they wanted Mm -hmm. there's even like (laughs) because this is the movie these are the movies i'm most excited for is thor being part of the guardians of the galaxy now that that's going to be hilarious oh yeah (laughs) but in those movies there's even rumors about adam warlock coming in because they they don't even like have a dispute with him with any other any other company they could just use him without negotiating like they have to do with Sony and Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he could come in. He's just as strong as people like Thor and Wanda. Like, they can negotiate for, like, the Silver Surfer. Like, there's still so many people. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting how, yeah, again, how Disney is going to negotiate and bring all these people in. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it for sure. And we still have two movies that are coming out before Spider-Man does. What are those again? Shang-Chi comes out on this Friday, I think. And then oh, yeah. Eternals comes out in November, I want to say. Yeah. And isn't the first one uh, Doctor Strange? Like, not exactly, but... Uh, Wong is similar. in that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, so yeah. I'm excited to see that. I want to see that as soon as I can. Yeah, exactly. So I might actually get and see that as well. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that. Yeah, the action just looks really cool too. Mm-hmm. That and, style. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, and that's the one thing I love about Marvel is how they're able to tie in different cultures in mm-hmm. real life and then just build upon them or like fighting techniques found yeah. in real life and being able to draw that into like a hero and what people look like up to in yeah. their childhood. I think they've been doing more of that recently too. And mm-hmm. I think honestly, like a lot of people are saying, oh, they don't need to do this. I mean, yeah, but it's really good. So why exactly. Not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like really good. And it's really uh, drawing people together, like exactly, all different exactly. types of people. So why would you not want that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Even if it is a little just extra, but that's yeah. exactly what we need. I guess yeah. right now. Might yeah. As well, yeah. And then so. Uh, the big question, who would you say your favorite hero is right now in the oh. or in the MCU, like over the whole entire timeline so far? I mean, my answer has been Thor most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, in my opinion, he's gotten better with every movie he's been in. But it, it's hard to like not say Spider-Man with the hype going on around that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh I've always been a fan of Tony Stark and Iron Man. Like, (laughs) he's legit. Like, if I had a superhero father, I'd want it to be Iron Man. (laughs) Like, how he changed from the first movie all the way to Endgame. His character development was definitely the most extreme, I feel like, out of all the heroes and what he had to go through and how he legit almost every movie he was dying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and being able to push through that so definitely in terms of like favorite hero either iron man or spider-man but in terms of like raw power and like who i'd bet on in most fights i'd say either thor or hulk yeah i think it's gonna be kind of crazy to see now that thor isn't gonna be fat anymore at least oh, yeah. that we know of. <laughs> because even the, the directors of Infinity War and Endgame said he was weaker in Endgame because he was fat. Mm-hmm. But now he's not, and he still has Stormbreaker, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he should, because he because Cap brought the hammer back, so he kept Stormbreaker, and now he's just in space all the time. So that, that's going to be kind of crazy to see how much stronger he is. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then also that, and tying it back into Guardians of the Galaxy and what they're going to be doing and like all the different threats that are going to come out of the multiverse being open in space because again we're getting this focus back on earth Mm -hmm. and we don't even know like that's when uh like uh dr doom and stuff could come from space and they'll be the first ones to see that threat and might actually face it so i honestly didn't even think about that like is the is the, the multiverse is going to span across the entire universe so like each planet getting their own dose of that that's 
that would be insane. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And the scary thing is if Thanos came back and all these variations of him, you know, because that's a total possibility they could tie Mm -hmm. in or every villain that they've had. But then you also have every hero that you have. So you could have Iron Man coming back and all these different variations. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. And then that multiverse war that's going to eventually need to happen. (laughs) Which one's going to be the best multiverse. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just thought it's funny when I like heard uh, what version of Earth we are in the Marvel universe. It's pretty funny how it's like, I forgot the exact number, but it's like not number one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 616 in the MCU, but yeah, there, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah th- this whole next phase is going to be crazy, and it's just starting to ramp up now. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy part. And even, did you see Black Widow? No, I am going to. So either when it comes out at Disney Plus soon, or I was going to mm-hmm. I was actually going to watch it in the drive-in, but oh, really? they took it off, yeah, oh, already, wow. so, yeah. How was that? I liked it a lot. Like, okay. It, it was, it obviously, it takes place before Endgame because she dies, but, you know. Exactly. I, yeah, I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. I've seen it twice, so. So, how did they, like, in the best way of not giving spoilers, how mm-hmm. did they tied and because was it mostly focused on her backstory or was it more on like an event in between like before in game like how did they like it's, what was the main villain and then what was the main like tie-in to the universe there's a good portion of it that happens when she's a kid and that's right in the beginning okay everything else happens when she's in the avengers but before infinity war oh really yeah okay and, yeah and do you remember that one scene in age of ultron where she's talking about the red room and how she got like torture trained and stuff mm-hmm. it, it involves that a lot okay so it's mm, taking down that i guess Pretty much. okay yeah yeah and yeah so yeah i liked it a lot though it was fun yeah that's really good i'm excited to see it mm-hmm. soon but uh, yeah, let's just what what upcoming movie that they've announced are you most excited for? Like for the Marvel universe yeah, in general. Yeah. Okay, uh, for me, either the Doctor Strange or um, the Spider Man for sure. Because yeah. I, I always loved Tom Holland ever since the yeah. first uh, uh, Homecoming, and then Far From Home. So. Well, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see how that ties in. I, I'm like always been a huge fan of Spider Man. Like, is Iron Man, Spider Man, and then either Thor, or Hulk for mm-hmm. my favorites. So, yeah, I, I would have to agree. Like, it's before the last couple of weeks, I would have said the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but oh yeah, you can't deny the hype around Spider Man right now exactly like, it's the same way with me like every time a spider-man movie is close to coming out i just get in, like a total spider-man mood like that's the only superhero i want to think about yeah like uh, i got to marvel campus opening weekend or whenever it came out yeah and no, I that's awesome. both of the pop figures the <laughs> spider-man one like that's legit why I, the first thing i did and i 
spent way too much money at Disneyland. <laughs> but like, is yeah, it's really cool being in the Marvel campus. I can't wait to like to for them to have more rides though, because mm-hmm. like, is the Rise of the Resistance ride right? The oh, yeah. newer one of Star Wars Land that, that legit blew like any other ride of like. That ride is like the all time favorite oh, yeah. for mine. Like, out of any exactly. theme park, any like the way they were able to capture and put all of that together mm-hmm. and how the waiting keys are yeah. part of the ride. Yeah. That was so cool. And like, it's so like ergonomical and how they're able to put everything together and make you feel like you're a part of the like ride the whole time. And even though yeah. like the timeline sort of doesn't make sense, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. You just enjoy the ride at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's easily my favorite ride I've ever been on at any amusement park. It's so good. Yeah, I'd have to say my second though is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? When the because I I hated Tower of Terror when I was a kid. I loved mm. the drops, but I yeah. was scared of the little movie they played before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be freaking out and crying. But now when it with uh, Rocket like mm-hmm. taking over your elevator and going up and down yeah. and seeing all the different scenes and the variations, it's mm-hmm. always super fun to ride that like ride over and over again. Yeah. So how how was Marvel Campus though? Was it good? Is yeah, it is really good. Like they had the I forgot what the stands were called uh the ones that they eat at at the end of the first avengers oh the shawarma thing yeah, yeah. so that's yeah it was actually really good i enjoyed that <laughs> and like just being surrounded by all this marvel uh all like the marvel theme was crazy and how yeah. they're because like you go into the ride for uh web slingers mm-hmm. and you just get that aesthetic of like the high school vibe of oh, spider-man really? yeah and That's it's like awesome. you you feel that vibe when you walk in and you go throughout the ride and you just feel so tied in and the live action that they've been doing with like all these mm-hmm. uh characters like of course it's not the real actors but right. you have these characters running around and making the like marvel universe a universe and the doctor strange uh outdoor uh experience was also really cool and how they yeah i feel like they've really tied back in live action to theme parks Mm -hmm. with like actors because i feel like this went out of style and it became all about the rides but with the marvel universe getting so much hype again and people wanting to see their heroes in real life Mm -hmm. that marvel campus was able to capture that for the most part yeah that's awesome i i've ever since uh, Star Wars Land open in Disneyland. I've been really into that whole like real life theming as much as you can, and I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that they hit on that with Marvel too. Yeah, is yeah, is an amazing experience. So the next time you get go there, uh, one hint is just you gotta get in the queue for Web Slingers to get into Marvel Campus. I don't know if it's still that oh, busy really? right now but they had a limit on how many people could get into Marvel campus and mm. you can only get in if you had a queue for web slingers oh. or if you went in this line that was like five to eight hours long <laughs> and it was crazy because all these people were trying to get in, you know? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Especially with, I, they're still like having reservations to get into the park itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Yeah, so there's definitely going to be a queue right now. But 
I say give it a year or two and it'll become a much more accessible place for anyone to get into. Right. Cause they even did that with star Wars land. One of our friends that we swim with when we were super young, he went opening weekend for that. Mm-hmm. And you really get like a wristband and you were only allowed in there for like two or three hours. Oh, wow. Like call out like, okay, if you have this color, get out. And then like, you know how the stormtroopers walk around that land? Yeah. They would have the stormtroopers look at people's wristbands and say, Hey, go and aim their little guns at people (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i love the how immersive disneyland has become like even though there's uh, still a large amount of crowds Mm -hmm. like how they're able to make that immersive were you able to create a lightsaber i do have that experience i was actually going to do that but i spent my money on pins instead and pop <laughs> figures so nice. i'm gonna do that next time so what was your experience with that like would you say it's to ride in itself or it's, how were they it's definitely like an experience worth like the the money is a lot so that's like per person yeah. obviously. but i mean if you have the chance and you have the availability like I, I think you absolutely should because obviously you get like your own really well-made lightsaber but the experience itself like they're like sneaking you through this hallway and there, there's not even like a sign for it it's just like oh, a random yeah. area. Yeah. It's just like a stand and the sign is super low. So you can't see it unless you walk up to it. Oh, okay. They'll call you in and like hustle you through this little hallway. And then there's this mm-hmm. giant room. It, it, it's, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Cause yeah. legitimate things that like, I just can't say or else it's going to ruin stuff. Oh, but wow. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And okay. So on the star Wars note, the, you played Jedi Fallen Order, right? Mm-hmm. And with that and the sequel coming out eventually, are you excited for that? Like, would you say you're and like looking forward to that game a lot? And also with uh, EA losing their game control over Star Wars now, which is I'm excited to see all these other developers yeah. get the chance to be able to make games of Star Wars again. So, like, what's your thoughts on that? I'm definitely excited for the EA news because. Like, not only have they had kind of a monopoly over it, but they've made, like, one good game, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, seeing a bunch of different studios being able to give their takes on different genres for Star Wars, that's going to be cool because, I mean, Star Wars is one of the most, like, unique and versatile universes of any Exactly. Thing. Like, you could do anything and it's going to work, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can make, like, Red Dead Redemption, but Star Wars, and it'd be, like, the solo movie, and it'd be really fun exactly yeah 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 so yeah yeah with the control because they made the battlefront 2015 version Mm -hmm. and that one like it sold because it's battlefront for the name but that was about it they only had one like universe which was their original trilogy in Mm -hmm. it and then they released battlefront 2 and that game dice did a really good job of trying to fix and update it for the longest time and I get, yeah, applause the dice, but with EA forcing microtransactions yeah. in a game that you already paid $60 for, exactly, is definitely like thumbs down for you, like EA and <laughs> yeah. what they do there. And then, uh, but the things that really like changed the hype was Jedi Fallen Order and Squadrons because they started yeah. releasing these games that weren't like Squadrons, it wasn't like a major title but it became a major title because it's what people wanted was like a reboot of the original feeling of just flying around in x-wings and tie fighters and having those dog fights 
mm-hmm. and like really immersive controls with uh, the VR capabilities yeah. and whatnot now, which I definitely want to try at some point. And then Fallen Order, taking that uh, classic storyline of uh, Padawan who yeah. has to survive and uh, tying that in and like with Rebels and yeah. that and pulling that all together, like definitely interesting with Fallen Order and seeing the sequel of what they're going to do there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like the story, I think above all, because the final boss fight was my favorite part with Vader just for a lot of mm-hmm. reasons. But yeah. Clearly, Vader is hunting him, right? Like, exactly. exists. So that's going to be really interesting to see if, like, if that is the plot of the second game, you're just on the run the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. But Squadrons, yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. With Vader Immortal, and uh, I really want them, like Disney, to make a Vader Immortal series because mm-hmm. Vader, he's like, there's so little we know about him. You watch Rogue One, and it gave some insight into the, the true power he has, especially yeah. that end scene. Yeah. Like, that, that was my favorite part of Rogue One by far, and made Rogue One one of my top Star Wars movies, is how they were able to tie in that universe. And they made Star Wars seem much more realistic in how, like, is these normal people rebels, like, that started this rebel uh, alliance against the Empire. And yeah. how they all died and like sacrificed for this mm-hmm. common goal, and like, Dar- yeah, Darth Vader, like, uh, yeah, just Darth <laughs> yeah. Vader, man. So if they yeah. were able to make a, or if they're going to make a Immortal series, like about Darth Vader, because there's been a the comics. Have you read those? Yeah, yeah. And if they were able to make that into like a series on disney plus i legit think they'd bring mm. in like so much more people because oh, yeah at least like all the diehard star wars fans would like yeah yeah could you imagine it's just releasing a series like just hey look at vader hunting jedi he's hunting one each episode exactly <laughs> yeah. and like him just taking them out while like because there's the vr experience on yeah. oculus yeah. where you he's trying to revive uh padme mm-hmm. and that's a really interesting take on the vader immortal series and so if they had to like something tied into that while he's hunting down with his like death squad with the 501st clones yeah. right at the beginning that would be a, an amazing take on that and they mm-hmm. could tie in so much of what's happened with rebels and uh, all these post series of the clone wars Mm-hmm. yeah we're like especially like everything that we've seen in vader like in those little like official handbook things that come out with every movie mm-hmm. like everything you read in those is like he is the most feared person in the galaxy most people think he's the ruler and not even the emperor like exactly. i don't see that part like, exactly I ship a land and like a whole planet just be terrified because he's there mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and with admiral thrawn being tied into rebels i thought that was mm-hmm. an interesting move because i love the books of where admiral thrawn came from and not to say that rebels ruined it but it's definitely like i felt like he could have done better in his own series mm-hmm. like post empire when luke was making the new republic with leia mm-hmm. and all of that yeah yeah well we're definitely gonna see more of him like we were talking about Mandalorian mm-hmm. before we started recording. Ahsoka is hunting for him and apparently hunting for Ezra with him. Or yeah. he has Ezra. 
which I mean, that's going to be cool wherever we see that. If it's a Thrawn series or an Ahsoka series, that's going to be cool to see. Yeah. And, and do you think the Boba Fett series is separate from the Mandalorian now that they're coming out with? Or is, um, since it's just called the Mandalorian, are we figuring out if Boba Fett is a Mandalorian or not since he um, is a clone? But yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I think the Boba Fett series itself will be somewhat separate. Because mm-hmm. from what we saw at the end of the Mandalorian series, he's basically like a crime king now. Yeah. So I think it'll be more focused on that. Honestly, I have no idea what the third season of Mandalorian is going to be like now mm-hmm. that Luke has Grogu and everything. Yeah. I have no idea what he's going to be doing now. Exactly. And like what's going to be his drive now that the mm-hmm. Grogu is gone? Because that was, it became his main drive throughout the right. whole entire yeah, series. So seeing how that ties in and the how the Empire recovers, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. in the ninth movie, they showed how much like power that the Emperor Palpatine exactly, still had yeah. and like these Death Star uh, Star Destroyers mm-hmm. and whatnot. So being able to understand where that came from and like how that built up again around like Moff Gideon and whatnot, that's going to mm-hmm. be really interesting. Yeah, that, I think that part's going to be really cool, especially maybe that is just going to be the third season of him going around as the First Order is building up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and clearly, do you think Luke is going to be in that third season at all? He, I, I hope he is. Like, yeah. even if it's, like, the CGI version. Yeah. Like, I still want Luke there because definitely he could become a main character with uh, Grogu, but like having it separate as well, I feel like would work a lot better. But like definitely ties into how the series is going to run for sure. Luke has a major part in that. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that's probably the thing I would be second or at least like tied with the Vader thing of most interested to see is like, what exactly is Luke do- doing during this mm-hmm. time? Of like, wh- how is he rebuilding his order? Or what? What? Are, what what's his training stuff like? Or how is... How involved is he in building the new Republic as opposed to building the new Jedi, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that one of the major theories that I've had since the beginning of Mandalorian that I still have mm-hmm. is when they were, the reason they wanted Grogu was because of the Metaclorian right in his mm-hmm. body and how he was going to use that to revive Emperor Palpatine, like a clone of Emperor Palpatine. So I think uh, in some point, Grogu has to get captured. Like, this is just my theory so far, is he needs to be captured and he needs to get uh, all of his Force abilities Put, like put back into this clone version of Emperor Palpatine mm-hmm. for him to regain his powers. And who was the Emperor Palpatine's uh like oh, I'm completely blanking. Who was Emperor Palpatine's master before? Oh, oh it's the dude whose name people joke about all the time. Uh yeah. I'm looking at his name too. Hang on. Hang on. Because he, yeah, Plagueis. Because there's still super strong theories that Plagueis is like when Palpatine went to kill Plagueis, 
that Plagueis became Palpatine mm. and how that like it's just so like all the we know so little about like the Sith yeah. I feel like still even after all the nine movies and what's came out so far we know so little that they could do that Disney has a lot of opening to do what they want with the Sith and explaining yeah. uh Palpatine if they wanted in his backstory through the Mandalorian and these other series mm-hmm. and rebuilding the first order of the empire yeah like I remember during I know Disney like deemed all of this not canon anymore but during all the old Republic stuff there was like a very regular theme of the Sith Lord transferring his spirit into his apprentice's body to keep ruling mm-hmm. they could very easily do that again you know Exactly. And we saw that with uh, Ray. Yeah. And how he wanted to be struck down because then right. she would have became Emperor Palpatine in a way. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, I thought at the end of the ninth movie is interesting of how they ended that, of how it's like all the good versus all evil. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting in trying to salvage that like trilogy because I felt like the eighth movie I could have done without, except for the and like uh, yeah, the eighth movie left me with a lot of disappointment. I'd say except for the ending with the fight against Kylo Ren and Luke, that is for sure the highlight of that movie. I think I liked everything from the throne room scene and on, like when Kylo mm-hmm. kills Snoke. Oh, yeah. Like, and everything from that point on, I liked a lot, but everything before that, I was kind of like, okay, this, like, I know this stuff kind of has to happen, but mm-hmm. not this much, you know? Exactly. And the side character development, which got ignored it was in the ninth yeah. movie, really weird. Like, I understand where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. and tying in these side characters but it did not work well for the series and how the actress of ray was talking about how they didn't even know yeah the relationship thing until they were shooting the ninth movie yeah so. exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i feel like disney shouldn't have used two different directors yeah for the, like especially with jj doing the first one and the third one like he doesn't even get back to back you put yeah um, yeah, you put the other one in the middle. Honestly, I think they were kind of when whenever they made that decision, I think it was done at that point. Like clearly, if you use two different directors, they're not going to see eye to eye, especially if they were both Star Wars fans growing up and exactly. had their own versions of what was going to happen after. Like that, that's yeah, never, it's never going to pan out like you want. Exactly, and I felt like if they just kept JJ in, mm-hmm. oh, the trilogy would have came out a little better. Not saying the other director was bad at all. I enjoyed the how the eighth movie was shot is just oh, the storyline so yeah it's just the storyline itself became so jumbled because of this miscommunication in this highest levels yeah. and they only had one shot at it with the original cast mm-hmm. with all them passing away sadly and yeah. what's been going on so yeah it, it is like i think ryan johnson did a really good job like that movie like you said it looks amazing like mm-hmm. that Luke versus Kylo fight where it has exactly walkers, it looks incredible, right? Yeah, and how he's able to tie in, uh, like the writing was really well done in that part, and mm-hmm. like how it's still like you could tell it's Luke with his like satire right. and, yeah. and like flashing and showing off. 
mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren in that rage. And uh, it, it, it does help set a lot in the eighth movie, but it is definitely, yeah, the beginning of the eighth movie. Not, no, the beginning was good. It's just that middle part of the eighth movie felt mm-hmm. like too much extra that they yeah. could have cut out and put in more, like, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and especially, like, Ryan Johnson undid a lot of what JJ did in episode. Exactly. Like, Snoke is dead, like, in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Kylo's the main bad guy now. Ray is, like, the most talented thing naturally ever. And yeah. The ninth movie, JJ is like, ah, no, Palpatine's back. Kylo yeah. is good, kind of. Um, Ray is maybe bad for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just kept going back and forth. And honestly, it seems like they were just trying to spite each other at some point. Mm-hmm. One theory I was really hoping for the ninth movie though was the uh was actually Ray becoming bad mm-hmm. with Kylo Ren and then yeah. two ruling. Like it would have been such a crazy twist because you know like it has to win, but right. I would have really enjoyed seeing Ray as like a anti-hero or yeah. at that point a Sith. Yeah, I think and we got to see a little bit of that. Yeah, with that weird vision she had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's I, just I, like Luke. Yeah, yeah, I do think it would have been sick though if she was like to turn at least a little bit to the dark side for real. Just I think like obviously, like I know a lot of people don't like this because they just don't like the movies. But Ray is probably the most naturally powerful person in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. At least in like the new canon, you know. Yeah, he's just not as trained or he's as experienced as everyone else. But just like that idea of something that strong, something that can be that strong, turning to the dark side. That's exactly. I think they should have teased that at least a little bit more. Yeah, I definitely agree because we saw that tiny bit when she electrocuted a whole entire ship and yeah. blew it up when yeah. Kylo Ren and her were having that power struggle. Mm-hmm. And then also you see that when she goes against Kylo Ren and the whole entire, or no, it goes with Kylo Ren and that whole entire, oh, the, uh, the, when they kill yeah, the Snoke at that yeah. point and the, yeah. uh, and the guard. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah, just that whole entire scene of like rebuilding that order and you could tell in that eighth movie she's definitely having uh, struggles between good and light like she's like saying she wanted to be good right she had these conflicts because Kylo Ren was really pushing for her to right join him and like they could build something new which wasn't good or bad Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah Yeah. naturally because that was the part where they were pushing the hardest of they both want the other one to turn mm-hmm. so like i think yeah i like that a lot but honestly what i think this is going back to like the trilogy as a whole but i think they should have built finn up as i think finn should have the force like more than just he knows things like mm-hmm. i think he legitimately should have been able to be a jedi or at least trying to be one from episode seven and then maybe turn ray at the end of episode eight so at the end of episode eight, Snoke is dead, but Ray and Kylo are the dark side now, and Finn is like the only one left. Oh wow! And Pa Dameron, right, I feel yeah. like yeah, because Pa Dameron, like he has to have force ability because right. he was able 
he was doing what Anakin did as a kid, and we all know that uh, Anakin yeah. and Darth Vader most powerful being in the mm-hmm. like so far in the uh, Star Wars universe because his father was midichlorians, but literally, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, like his father was the Force. So yeah. I think they did a really good job. I mean, yeah, like the original trilogy was so well done with uh, how instead of making. Uh, Anakin, like this Christ-like figure, mm-hmm. he had to become the opposite, and then he became yeah. a Christ-like figure at the very end with that change with Luke. Yeah, I remember. Like, I remember when I was super young, right as I started watching him, because when we were born, like Episode Three came out mm-hmm. at the time we were born, pretty much. Yeah. So when we got old enough. It was almost like the natural thing is, oh, this one's called episode one. We should start with that one. Mm-hmm. I remember a bunch of people making jokes like, oh, the kid is space Jesus. What does that mean? <laughs> I remember thinking that was really weird. And then I said, oh, okay. I understand why now. But yeah, I like, like, obviously, yeah. Like, that's why this is so popular. That whole roller coaster of him being built up. Like, this is the person that's going to save the universe. And then he is the one that locks down the universe. Exactly. And that's how Kylo Ren was portrayed like at the beginning he like fell off after Mm -hmm. and yeah it leaves a lot unexplained in the seventh movie or like just the whole entire trilogy of why he turned to the dark side because we understand there's a little bit of family contention there and luke being his trainer and Mm -hmm. that whole entire scene with uh luke thinking about like taking him out and whatnot but yeah yeah I mean, I, it, yeah, that, that whole trilogy is like, it, I think it was, I, like, I'll, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it, but if mm-hmm. you're me like, oh, this is like a really deep and great ending to this trilogy, it, it's hard to say yes, 100%. Exactly. All the stuff we've talked about. Like, it's still fun. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you want to watch Star Wars? It's episode seven. <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch that. Like, I'm still going to watch it, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, I think... Yeah, I, I do think they kind of copied the, not copied, but I think they went with the track of the original trilogy too much. Of, yeah. There's only one bad force user and only one good force user. But like the bad one has a master and the good one gets trained by a bunch of different people, but ultimately there's only one on each side. And I don't think you needed to do that, right? Like, yeah. I think you could have gone closer to the prequels, obviously not like 100 versus two. Yeah. I think you could have maybe given like a little more people, like, Ray isn't the only person in the galaxy who's force sensitive to that extent there like there would be someone else exactly especially that broom scene in the eighth movie yeah, like yeah exactly so that shows exactly why switching directors is such a horrible move because yeah. we legit have two years or like a year and a half of thinking oh like who's this broom kid like yeah what's he gonna do like how's he gonna tie back in but then guess what they never even think mm-hmm. about other force users the whole oh. entire ninth movie because at that point he's just trying to save the like trilogy and yeah. trying to make it have and some it. sense into it yeah yeah exactly I, yeah i, I feel think, like they should have left it a little more open-ended that's all yeah. i'm saying at the end I'm, yeah I, I will say i think the ninth movie is my favorite from those three mm-hmm. like, i definitely enjoyed watching that one the most yeah but yeah i, I still think because you remember that whole running thing they had where finn was trying to tell ray something that entire movie yeah it came out after that that was like he feels the force too 
Like that's, I, I feel like maybe do that in episode seven so that he can yeah. use it, you know? Exactly. And how, like, he was able to use the lightsaber and, like, yeah. yeah, even though he got beat up, he still was able to hold his own for a little bit. So it shows yeah. he must have some force capabilities to be able to sense and block moves before Kylo Ren, like, ultimately, right. like, murdered him. <laughs> yeah. He, he stood his own for, like, a solid five or six moves with, at that point, the most dangerous person in the galaxy. Exactly. And how he was, like, r- raised up and taken from his home to become this mm-hmm. trained uh, elite force of stormtroopers. And I thought it was really interesting how they didn't bring back clones for the First Order. Yeah. Like, I wanted them to, especially since you saw the cloning facility on the Sith planet. Yeah. Like, they yeah. had all the, and, like, the in- other interesting thing is why Snoke, which is why mm-hmm. with Grogu and the Mandalorian and rebuilding the First Order, we'll mm-hmm. really see why they're hunting down this, this super Force-sensitive child, the Empire, and, like, the tests they were experimenting on Grogu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, I do get your point, though, of, like, why did Palpatine really need a puppet like Snoke? Mm-hmm. Like, in theory, he could have just come back like he did in Episode Nine. He yeah. could have done, clearly, he had the power, right? It's not like those Star Destroyers were built in a year. Like, he had exactly. that. So why did he wait? And also, like, okay, is this just me being confused? Or you know how there's some Death Star, Star Destroyers that got out and started destroying some planets? Yeah. What happened to them? I can't remember. I think when they destroyed... Because they only sent like one or two out, but I think yeah. they destroyed the little hub thing. Uh-huh. I think all of the Star Destroyers lost power. Wait, actually, wait, no, wasn't the entire end scene of them shutting down the communications so that the Star Destroyers couldn't leave the planet? Yeah, exactly. Wait, so yeah, there should be million. one or two of them out. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want to say, like, and there should be more. So, yeah. Yeah. Unlike the MCU, Star Wars right now has a lot of the cleanup they need to do yeah and honestly if star wars does come out with another like more than just a show like if they start making new movies what do you want yeah. to see? um for a movie i've so again i'd really love to see that time period when the empire first started coming out and hunting jedi Mm-hmm. and Darth Vader and that whole entire aspect but for a movie post the post sequels you know like another sequel if they're going to add one I'd want it to be a completely different storyline mm-hmm. like focus more on Rogue One style Star mm-hmm. Wars where it's like you have this group of people and they're like fighting and I feel like it should be more of rebuilding this republic right because now there's so many different fractions there's going to be of course still first order supporters on planets and all these different like ideas and philosophies getting like crushed and like manipulated together where they're all going to fight and have their own opinion be the best again you know what i'm saying because we had that they never really explained it in any official uh, movies but in books they've explained how right after the empire fell there's still empire loyals like mm-hmm. planets that supported that yeah. there's and all these wars and stuff that were still going on with the new republic so i want something along the lines of that yeah 
Um, yeah, honestly, it's weird because oh, I, I forgot to mention this before. They they did a Lego Star Wars holiday special last year, mm-hmm. and it was like the new cast and stuff, and oh, Finn's, okay. like using a lightsaber and training with Ray and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Though I don't think it's canon because they were like doing time travel stuff, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of cool to see that. I mean, but yeah, I do agree that if they do another sequel, I think it should be like the same kind of kind of time gap between episode six and seven so maybe like 20 30 years in the future so it's not like immediate right now you know Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and they would be able to tie that together and have a lot more force sensitive people in play you Mm -hmm. know because star wars has been very conservative besides the prequels and how many force users there's been right so i feel like it should become more not common, but definitely more like focused. And like we have the Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. and we don't really know where they came from. And like even the like elite guard, like the Emperor's Guard and stuff, they were definitely force sensitive users yeah. that we know so little about. So even expanding on that would be really awesome. Yeah, I, I think the Knights of Ren should have been something a little more honestly, because mm-hmm. they were. They were part of Luke's Jedi camp, right? And they were just the yeah. people that Kylo kept around. Exactly. And clearly, he was, like, suppressing their power to some extent because they didn't even use it, really. They just had yeah. the kind of force weapons. And yeah, they stayed away from lightsabers, and that's really interesting to see. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you give up a saber for right. these weapons? Yeah, and especially... And, yeah. No, you keep going. If, if they were in Luke's camp, right, they surely had to have been able to use their power at least a good amount and probably at least trained with a lightsaber a few times unless Luke, because they were like, obviously we never saw their face, but they were pretty old. Like they were the same mm-hmm. height as Kylo pretty much. Yeah. So they, unless they were like super, super basic, like they just found out they were force sensitive, which is a possibility, but then they'd have to be able to use their stuff to like a bigger extent. But then exactly was it their own choice to do that, or did Kylo make them just in case they got stronger than him? Yeah, so that's always the thing. That is really like a huge question is like how come Kylo Ren didn't use them and train them up if he really wanted to overthrow Snoke? Yeah, because they were what they're legit called the Knights of Ren. They yeah, weren't called the Knights of Snoke. So yeah, he if he would really wanted. So yeah, it's again. Uh, I feel like a rush planning by Disney on that part in the writing and how, yeah, they weren't able to just tie it up enough. Yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is at this point, right? It's been mm-hmm. done for two years. So yeah. And now they it, they just got to fix it with, well, not fix it, but like right. explain a lot more with the Mandalorian and these other series coming out. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they keep creating more series at this point right now. Cause I feel like they understand what they did wrong or what they've done. And they're just slowly rebuilding in star Wars instead of mm-hmm. like the MCU where at this point they're like, creating all this new franchise which is amazing yeah and it's been pulling it together yeah but yeah you're right i'm, I'm definitely excited for what else they have because they announced like what eight different shows 
not that mm-hmm. long ago. So there, there's going to be more coming out. Yeah. But, and yeah. yeah, it's it's been crazy. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future of both Marvel and Star Wars. Like you said, I mean, clearly I'm going to watch whatever they put out. I've been a Star, Star Wars fan my whole life. So I'm not just going to like skip anything at this point, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, why would you? Yeah. 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 Even though I'm struggling right now through Rebels, I'm still trying to watch all the series because, like, they have some cool tie-ins in those Mm -hmm. Western movies. And but I don't think I could ever watch Resistance all the way through. Really? It's like, yeah, like it's like an all right show, but like, I think Star Wars needs to get to the point where they understand that hey, like it's like Marvel, like it's not it's more built towards like teens and young adults right. than it is towards kids. Mm-hmm. Not saying that those shows were bad or anything, but it yeah. definitely draws away from these larger Star Wars audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like there, like wasn't that show on Disney XD or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just very like, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, very like kid oriented mm-hmm. instead of was I think it should be like teenager to adult orientated with Star Wars yeah. because that's what it's always been, you know, since the beginning. But being able to tie it in, I guess, right now with the younger generation to keep them interested and then releasing newer stuff like again i'd want them to take it towards what they've done with marvel because mm-hmm. i feel like marvel's done such a great job yeah in their series and their movies so yeah they, they've done like so much different genres of stuff but still made it marvel mm-hmm. like ant-man is more of like a comedy heist kind of stuff but it's superheroes yeah yeah and i think they started to do that like solo is a western but star wars like you're saying mm-hmm. Rogue one is a, straight up a war movie but in the star wars universe exactly yeah i think if they did stuff like that not only like we were talking about before it would expand the universe we'd be able to see more stuff in depth which they have plenty of stuff to show at this point <laughs> yeah but yeah exactly think, yeah it'd capture a lot more audiences too I, I think that's just a good decision overall yeah, so we'll see how it goes with uh, Star Wars and their future plans. Definitely, if uh, nothing major comes out besides the shows so far, I'm going to just have to enjoy the First Order or the Rise of the Resistance ride until then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that ride is so good, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, for all yeah for all of you listening, you need to go to disneyland and ride that ride if you haven't yet like legit it will blow your experience of what technology can bring for a thrill so yeah it's it's really crazy yeah something we won't talk about this now but if we do have you on again Mm -hmm. i do have another idea of something i want to talk about with you specifically because i know you're really good at this kind of stuff okay i was um we'll do a little bit teaser right now but I was writing down a bunch of ideas for a theme park, but like based on Avatar. Oh, okay. We'll we'll get into that later, but I think that's like a really easy way to like slide into stuff, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be thinking of ideas now (laughs) that you put that in my head. (laughs) Sorry, man. No, no, no. That's awesome. 
Yeah. I've been writing songs actually, because really? uh, yeah, and one of them I took a whole entire Star Wars theme. <laughs> I wrote a rap verse about Darth Vader, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not that good right now. I mean, I ain't dropping anything soon, but <laughs> that's, that's really cool, though, man. Yeah, but definitely would love to get to an Avatar theme park. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll talk about that on a different episode soon. But yeah, um, is there anything else you want to bring up with Star Wars or anything? Really, anything? um the one last thing i'd like to talk about before we close is uh consoles because this is with all the shortages and uh we talked about this a little bit off air the steam deck which is coming out and how it's a handheld it's like the west running right now would be compared to a xbox one or a PS4, so it's able to run all these AAA games, at least that uh, their goal is 30 FPS for 720p, but they it can hit up to 4K at 120 FPS, depending on what game, and, and when it's in dock mode, so it's a really huh. interesting concept. That That's actually really, and like, yeah, we were talking about this before, because I didn't know about this, but you told me a little bit about it before mm-hmm. we started, and especially with how many games steam has access to like that's that's a lot exactly if the goal is 30 on 720 for everything at least i mean that's that's really good that can be for handheld too geez exactly that could change a lot yeah and the way they're even uh advertising it they're saying it's still a pc so like it'll have steam os software but you could add in your own thing and you could add in your own uh gaming stores like they don't even care they want you just to get on the platform you know because they're creating this new uh console and they want as much usage as they can so they're like uh, they legit told people yeah it's pc you can treat it like a pc you know it's a gaming pc it's not limited like these other consoles and the part i want to like it's xbox game pass ultimate and that and with the steam deck is legit like i feel like it's gonna be the selling point like even the steam and microsoft two separate like major companies they like the way steam deck is being represented right now you could get game pass ultimate play all these games especially like the uh, the uh the, i can't even pronounce it but yeah Bethesda yeah. studios and how xbox owns them now you can play all their triple a games on uh, on the go on this portable system yeah and it would be paying so little for this like netflix gaming service mm-hmm. on the go so it's a really amazing concept that is dropping soon but you can't get any of these until like 2022 yeah. again because of shortages and pre-orders and whatnot yeah, you're talking about the pre-order backup. It's already until like the second quarter of next year. That's, that's yeah, it's way too crazy, man. Like yeah, it's it's the hype behind it right now is getting a lot. I feel like a lot of people still don't know about it yet because it's mm-hmm. not released yet. But right. being officially announced and almost having the final set of hardware mm-hmm. out, and a lot of major uh, YouTubers and uh, companies trying it out, like IGN and whatnot. Yeah, bringing a lot of hype towards it. So 
have you are you interested in the next gen consoles like would you like out of the xbox series x and ps5 which one would you pick up first or um i would probably say the ps5 mainly because i have a ps4 now so that's mm-hmm. kind of like the the station i've been with but everything i've heard from the ps5 maybe again this is might just be all hype and not anything actual but i've heard the ps5 has been better but i don't know what about you yeah i definitely the thing that changed it for me was the steam deck actually because mm-hmm. what i would do is i pick up the steam deck and get right. game pass on that and then so i have all my microsoft games so i don't even oh, yeah. have xbox series mm-hmm. x at this point because i have this pc that i can take on the go and then yeah. For exclusives, I pick up the PS5 and to try the new controller that has yeah. the feedback effort is amazing. I, I do want to try that, yeah. Yeah. So that experience and yeah, it's been really interesting and uh, seeing how there's still a crazy amount of sh- like shortages. It's not only affecting the console world, but a lot of these major companies like I know Apple will probably be fine because they have a lot of money to spend to be able to right. get their own microchips and what they create you now. But it's been these like bad shortages for the for any type of like PC to console to when your smartphone like your smartphone coming up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you've talked about Oculus and VR a lot. Oh yeah. Are you still going to take that chance if it comes to get one of those? Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm in this in-between stage of waiting for an Oculus Quest 3 or a different separate VR headset, or even just getting the seeing if the Steam Deck could run VR and getting mm-hmm. a wired Ooh. headset. Because then yeah. you have that. You, it's still portable, technically, because mm-hmm. it's that PC. But being able to do that would be amazing because VR, again, it's at the stage where it's hard because people don't want to invest in it because there's not a lot of people spending money on VR. Like, there's a good amount, but not enough yet, where major uh sums of money are going in to help make this software or software and hardware better but at the same time a lot more people would might buy vr if it became a little more powerful so it's like right on the edge right now where if one side tips it's gonna all fall together and i feel like uh be great but yeah and also just vr and the motion sickness right now Oh, it, it, they fixed a lot of that with the uh, games and how they design them but it'd be having that fixed all the way would help vr hit the masses more and that's what mm-hmm. the oculus quest 2 did was mm-hmm. be cheaper more affordable and allow for the masses to be able to play without like this huge gaming pc rig yeah yeah i didn't because uh, one of my cousins got one and I went over to his house and I used it and it is really surreal like how immediate mm-hmm. because I didn't play I didn't use the VR since like the very first Oculus came out years ago and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of crazy how quickly it changed into what it is now and it's getting even better even sooner exactly and it makes you excited because for anyone who hasn't tried VR yet it's like night and day experience because you have gaming on like a flat screen 
mm-hmm. and that's always going to be there. It's always going to be a part of our development, but VR could take it to the next level of like mm-hmm. how surreal it can be. Like, how would you describe your experience like trying out that VR? Um, well, the first game that he had me play was this like gladiator style game where the second you start, it drops you in the middle of an arena and these mm-hmm. gates are all around and they open and dudes with big hammers come out and it lets you pick up ninja weapons and like throw ninja stars and shoot a bow and arrow and stuff. Okay. And the thing that surprised me the most was like how smooth the triggers and the buttons on the hand stuff is. Mm-hmm. Like how easily I was able to just like scoop up a sword and swing it around. How easily I was able to pull up an arrow and shoot it. Like that, that the smoothness of how quick that wouldn't surprise me a lot. Yeah, and would you say it felt natural when you're going through it, like your experience with it? Because with VR, they try their best not to have any bugs because Mm -hmm. that's how it takes you while. And that's why these games are usually smaller right now is Mm -hmm. just the capability. So would you say that it felt like you were in that world, at least or in that arena with the these enemies that you had to fight definitely say so especially because like you were saying there's like no blank spot 360 degrees it's the entire thing even if you look straight up there's like a moon with the smoke from the fire going up oh wow yeah yeah like it it felt like like it's a really cartoonish art style but still like it felt like especially because you look down and you're like you look like a cartoon gladiator yeah but it does feel really immersive Okay, yeah, because that's the what makes VR different from <laughs> all these different gaming consoles is the immersive feel in it. Right. Yeah. Were you able to try any other games? I tried this Cowboy Shootout style game mm-hmm. and a, a Five Nights at Freddy's horror game too, but that VR horror is like a whole separate different thing. Like that, uh-huh. that like that immersion combined with a legitimately creepy thing is terrifying yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrifying yeah the cowboy shootout i think was my favorite because like it's the same thing with the triggers felt so smooth so like mm-hmm. it drops you in the middle of like it looks like Frontierland in disneyland and these dudes will come out with like little pieces of wood with a nail or with guns of their own you just like pow, pow. and it felt just so cool because you would turn like it wasn't 360 like the other one yeah it was like 90 degrees each side so you could have to turn, like, shoot someone from the side while someone's coming from over here, and you'd have your other one over there. It just oh, felt wow. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And when – so the other hard thing about VR is when people are playing VR, you feel so immersed. But when you try to watch someone play, yeah. it's a much harder experience because uh, since it's like a 360 scope around your head with mm-hmm. the screen – when you go to shoot to you, it looks normal. But when you right. watch someone play VR, it looks like distorted and whatnot. Yeah. So, uh, the yeah, it's really hard to get that immersive feel when you never use VR before and you just watch someone play VR. So, mm-hmm. uh, what would you like? Would you recommend people just to try it or like? Uh, yeah, like if you get the opportunity to try it, I would obviously go with one of the more basic ones first just in case of the motion sickness thing or at least just to get yourself used to it mm-hmm. it is like a lot to deal with for some games like some people just aren't good at like stressful games to begin with but yeah of, like the gladiator one my cousin thought it'd be funny to start me off on like 100 difficulty right from the gate so there's uh-huh. like eight guys coming out of each tunnel at once and i have to like, spin around with a mace <laughs> so, so yeah like don't start like that because it can be a lot to take in especially 
like obviously you know that it's not real and this yeah being that close it can trigger some people's motion sickness especially when it's that much going on mm-hmm. but yeah start slow but if you can start you know yeah and yeah. there's been a lot with uh different genres with vr from puzzle rooms to like wow. gladiator fights to platformers where you're not the actual yeah. person platforming but you control a smaller figure and you get this outside perspective of watching Mm -hmm. them do the platformer as you control them so yeah i'll give you i'll get back to you with more information on that i'm actually deciding whether or not to buy one really soon because i've been saving up so nice yeah yeah i'll definitely get back and we'll have to try that sometime absolutely yeah yeah that's awesome man but um yeah, I mean, I think VR can only go up like you were saying. And exactly. It's come, it's already come really far, you know. Yeah, I feel like the thing that will push it over is just another triple A title, because mm-hmm. one came out Half Life, Alex. Yeah. And that I heard is like one of the best VR experiences you can ever have, mm-hmm. like right now in the market, or like the Walking Sinners. Yeah. And yeah, so. Um. It's been great catching up with you, Joey, and yeah, being able to talk about this. If you can get me on another one, I'd totally be down to join another okay, episode awesome. with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Okay. I just have work soon, so. Oh, yeah. All right. No problem, man. With yeah. that, thank you, Ethan, for joining me today, and thank you all for watching and listening. This has been Tarzan's Treehouse, and we will see you next time.